All right, here we go. Today's daf is daf memches, page 48 in the Heli Gimaseches Baba Kama, and we pick up from Toshimam. Toshimang, come and listen, which is the last words on the line, four lines from the top of the Yomar. All right? Now, here we go. We are coming to answer the following Shaila, curiosity question. If somebody has permission to enter my domain, we've established that I've accepted responsibility not only to allow them onto my domain, but to make sure that I don't hurt them. The sh- and they don't get hurt by me. The Shaila is, am I also accepting responsibility that they don't get hurt by somebody else when they're in my domain? Okay, so the example we gave is if you have your fruits in my property and your ox comes from outside the property, am I responsible because I let you own my domain? Am I accepting Shmira for myself or am I accepting Shmira from everybody? That's the Shiloh that we're coming to answer. So here we go. That's a, a real uh, fascinating daf today. A lot of different scenarios, different nakudas, and a number of different halachas. Uh, uh, and the Gemara will explain how they all come full circle. Toshima, come and listen. Toshima, come and listen. Somebody brings a shor into somebody else's domain. Shalai b'shos without permission. Ubashor mi makam acher nagachai. Steve's ox comes and gores it. Potter, potter, not obligated. Now, who's not obligated? We'll see. Vem hichnes b'shos. If Yale brought his ox into my courtyard with permission, chayev. There is responsibility. Man potter uman chayev. Who is potter and who is chayev? Lav potter balachatzer b'chayev balachatzer doesn't mean that we're referring to the owner of the courtyard. And you see very clearly that if the owner of the courtyard allows, gives permission for somebody to come to his domain, that is accepting responsibility even to be damaged from somebody else. So if I let you into my property and Steve gores you on my property, I sh- it seems from the price I'm responsible. Even if Steve doesn't have permission to be there. Correct. Because by you coming on to my property and with permission, I'm, I'm, I'm saying, listen, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll protect you. Says so Gemara, no, we're not talking about the owner of the courtyard who's, who's responsible. Potter Balashar, we're talking about Steve, the owner of the ox. Potter Balashar, Vechayev Balashar, which means like this, that if Yale brings his, his uh, ox into my property without permission, and Steve's ox comes and gores him, the halacha is Steve is Potter, because you were there without permission. But if you were there with permission, then Steve is going to be Chayev. Is Steve there with permission? No. No, yeah, but he could say to you, you weren't, you, you weren't meant to be there either. Okay? Why does it specify courtyard? It just means a private domain. Okay. Private domain. Says the Gemara Yachi, if that's the case, my bershos, my shalabershos, eco. Who cares about whether or not there was permission? Yale's question. What, what is it up to Steve whether or not you had permission to be there or not? What's his cheshbon? Amri, they said, Hamani Rabtarfin, it's found the pin of Rabtarfin, the Omar Rabtarfin says, Mashunni Karim Bachatzar Nizik, if an abnormal damage, Happens in the victim's property, then Nezek Shalim Mishalim. You pay Nezek Shalim, you pay complete damages. So, according to Tarfin, even an axe which is a tam, you only pay half damages in a Rashus Harabim. You don't pay half damages in, a, in the victim's domain, even if your animal's a uh, tam. Where do you pay half damage on? In a public domain, if your animal's a tam. But if you go into the victim's domain and damage him, even if your animal's a tam, Tarfin holds you pay Nezek Shalim. Bershus. If the ox that got damaged was there with permission, so then, if Yale has permission to be on my rishos, 
to be in my domain, that means it's his domain. And if Yurak damages him in that domain, it's as if you're damaging him in his domain. Because you have permission to be there. So if I give you permission to be there, my domain is your domain. So if Ak scores you, it's like he gored in your domain. And he has to pay you Nezak Shalim. Um, without permission, send it's like a public domain for the two of you. And you're only going to pay half damage. There was a woman. Fascinating story. Also, she went up to bake. In a specific house. A woman went to bake. Now I want to give a little introduction to women baking in those times. So not everybody had an oven in their house. And not everybody had kitchen aids either. So they would go to somebody's house. They go to a place where there was a, a central place for bread baking. Or to somebody's house, whatever it was. People would allow other people to bake bread. And they would knead the dough in that place. Now, part of kneading dough was considered a lack of tznias for men to be around there while women were kneading dough. Because women would raise up their clothing, specifically their reveal their arms, when kneading dough. Okay? So, hahi itzad also lamifa bahu beisa, also barcha demari beisa, a goat of the homeowner came, Achla Lalisha ate the dough, Chavil, and it got damaged of a mace and died. It overate, and that caused it to uh, that caused it to get sick. Okay. The dough caused the goat to become sick. The goat. Oh. Yeah, the goat of the homeowner. She went to bake bread in somebody else's house. Their goat came along, ate from the dough, and died. Okay. Um, Okay, chavlu meis said ate too much and it uh, ate too much and it died. Chayva rava l'shalume demei barcha. So rava said that the woman who came to bake has to pay for the goat. Why? Lema, let's say pliga the rav that this argues on rav the amar rav. Rav says that if this woman had permission to bake there, let her say to the goat owner. Listen, the logic we said yesterday: when your animal eats and dies. If I were to actively damage your animal, I'm responsible. But your animal eating, tell your animal not to eat. Train it not to touch other people's foods. Why am I responsible? Your goat shouldn't have eaten. Amri, they said, no, here's the difference. Hachi hashta. Beautiful. Hasam, in Rob's case, by the fruit and the homeowner's animal came and died from the fruit. So then you could say your animal shouldn't have eaten. Because like, I didn't accept upon myself to guard the animal. So I could say that it shouldn't have eaten. But listen to this. Hacha, over here by the woman, Birshus, when she came in with permission to bake in somebody's house, Kibul Allah Nitirusa, she also is shouldering responsibility to watch, get ready for this, to watch the animal from damage. Why? The woman who came to uh-huh. need. That's right. She's accepting responsibility on the homeowner's animal. Says the Gemara, why? I'll tell you. How is different than a woman who goes to grind? We said she's off the hook if somebody gets da- if the animal gets damaged. They said, I'll tell you the difference. Here's the logic. Ready? This is what we're waiting for. When a woman comes to grind wheat, what do they do? They grind the wheat. That's it. They 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 turn. Right. You know, uh, listen. I'm I'm not a I'm not as old as 
as I look. Okay. I'm not as old as I look. But I, my, my mother used to uh, attach this grinder. grinder to the edge of the kitchen table, and I had to grind it. I'm sitting there, what do we, any time, yeah, about that. The chicken would get old, I'm, I'm grinding it, turning it into like uh, livers, I'm, I'm grinding it down, absolutely, absolutely. Separating the cartilage, Good. the guns you know, of Let me tell you, these no, things don't break. No wonder. These you, things, no, these things didn't break. No wonder you. Oh, don't ask. If you know what I used to have for supper as a kid, oof, don't ask. If you didn't eat supper, don't ask. I happened to like it. I was used to it. My mother would make knedlach and milk. What? It was hot milk, sugar, and a knedel. That's that was that was no, you're, you're really hot milk, sugar, and a knedel. You hear this? Why she got my, it from her mother? They would. She would make barst. She made all these foods. Okay. Made all these foods. used to have <laughs> hot milk and rice. Hot milk and rice, yeah. They'd use hot milk. Listen, my parents had a dairy company. So you, whatever you put into the milk, you put in the milk. You put in the cradle, you put in rice, absolutely. Make your own, make your own luxion. Git. It's a git. So what does it take to grind? No, you go next to the dining room table and you, you grind. Finished. So, yeah, fancy, fancy. fancy. <laughs> so let me ask you a question. When a woman comes to grind her wheat, does anybody need to leave the room? No. no. So therefore, when she, you give her permission to come over, you're not also telling her when she comes in, there's not an automatic assumption that she's going to watch your animal. I mean, you should be there too. But when the woman comes to bake in somebody else's house, with permission... Since she needs privacy, because she's going to lift up the sleeves of her arms, revealing her arms. So, so common decency is going to say under this cir- circumstances, the homeowner walks out. The homeowner walks out of the room. He doesn't belong in the room when she's kneading the dough. So she knows that. So along with me allowing her to come to the house, I'm letting her know if I can't be in the room with you, any, anything that happens is on you. You have, to, you have to be responsible for yourself. Right. For the, you could tell to the woman, there's an added achrayas on you. Because you know that that's part of me giving you permission to be there. The owners of the chatzir uh, walk out of the room to make sure that she has, she's comfortable and she's not, you know, she, uh, uh, she's comfortable uh, kneading the dough. And therefore, it's on her to make sure the, the goat doesn't get hurt. And if the goat overeats, she can't say, oh, your goat shouldn't have eaten. If I was allowed to be around there, beseder. But under these circumstances, and halachically, halacha says, and decency says, I shouldn't be there. So now it's on you. This happens all the time, by the way. You can think of many, many circumstances that's around this. There's times where, where uh, you, you walk into a... Uh, you know, we're zeichet to have uh, Beis Yaakov downstairs. Right? The times you, you walk in and the, or there's girls sitting around or there's girls singing and whatever. So, so you walk out. Part of the responsibility, knowing that there's other people who are not going to be around, means you're shouldering the achrayas if anything goes, if anything goes, uh, goes wrong. Goes wrong. Okay. Beautiful. Two dots. Back to the Mishnah. If the ax... Um, um, if a person brings his ox into somebody else's chutz or somebody else's courtyard, says, somebody brings the ox in somebody else's domain without permission, and the ox digs a pit. The ox dig, he starts digging, uh, dogs do this a lot. Yeah, exactly. 
the ox starts uh, making holes around the around the courtyard. Okay. Balashar So one of the ox is responsible to pay for the damage to the actual courtyard of Al Khatzer And the one of the courtyard is obligated to pay for damage caused by the pit. Okay, so this is very interesting. Your ox came into my domain without permission. So if I own the ox, I'm responsible for him digging holes. Damaging my property. But if somebody, if I fall into the hole... Correct. Or somebody else falls into the hole, the owner of the land is still responsible. The owner of the land is responsible, not the owner of the ox. Got it. Why okay? should that be if the owner of the land isn't around? Well, we'll, we'll see who's around. All you know right now is your ox comes into my field and digs holes. You have to pay me for the damage to my field. But... If somebody else gets damaged, I need to pay them for being damaged on my land. Okay? Well, it depends how he got into your land. Okay. With permission. Somebody else comes in with permission, I'm chayv. Even though the Tana said, when a man digs a pit, you're chayv to pay, not when an ox digs a pit. Since the owner of the courtyard, as soon as something goes wrong, is supposed to start filling it up and make sure that there's, if you know there's people who have permission to be in your field, they could get damaged, you should fill it up. But like Kamal, you didn't do that. Come on, Dikari dummy. It's as if you, it's as if you uh, dug it yourself. It's your achrayas. We are my rabbis. That's halacha number one. Fascinating halacha, beautiful. Okay, and again, the ox did damage to the land, you pay, the owner of the ox pays for the land. The ox, the, somebody else gets damaged in the pit, I'm responsible, it was my land. We are my rabbis. And Rav says, by the way, we're, we're now just going to enter a series of various halachas of damage that Rav is teaching us. The Yom Rav, and Rav taught us as well, somebody brings their ox in somebody else's domain without permission, and it damages the owner of the field. Or the balabayas hozak boy, or the owner of the field was damaged by the ox. So the difference between the hizik or the hozak is that one is active and one is passive. So either the ox hurt the homeowner or the homeowner got hurt on the ox. For whatever reason. Yeah, he was playing football and he, yeah, the ox was sitting in the middle of his uh, field yeah, and tripped over it, twisted his ankle. Um, so Chayev, the owner of the ox is Chayev, but Rabatz, if the ox was sitting down, if the ox was crouching, then Potter, the owner of the ox, is, uh, is Potter. Says the Gemara, the Rabbat's potter, and because the ox is sitting, it's potter. Amar Papa to explain what is my Rabbat's. It means shehirbitz klolin, that the ox uh, relieved itself. Okay, so it left. It, the ox went onto the field, relieved itself. and by it relieving itself, there's now uh, manure around, and uh, the field and the property of the balabayas got ruined by that. So the havile glolim bar excrement. Of an ox is considered pit damage. And you're not responsible for kalim. Which is the rule that we learned earlier from the Masechta. Vessels fall into a pit. Your potter based off of Xeris HaKosov. Uh, so too, the, uh, the manure here is going to be called pit damage. It's sitting in one spot. It's causing a damage. So the owner is going to be potter. Now Shmuel holds that, that manure on the ground is called pit damage. And therefore... You're not obligated for ruining vessels. So that's all fine and dandy. He's, Shmuel will work very well. El Rav, but according to Rav, the Amar Ad the Mifkar Luhu, he says, no, if there's manure 
on the field. The ox uh, relieves itself on the field and the, the manure damages. You're not responsible until, it's not called bar damage, you're a but it's not called bar damage until it's actually hefker. Michael Meymar, what are you going to say? Okay, if now if it's not pit damage, what should it be? It should be karen, we'll call it. Okay, it should be regular uh, ox damage and the owner should be obligated to pay for vessels. Why does it say that he's putter? I mean, they explain, Stam I was going to say that we're not dealing with a case where there's manure and the owner didn't make it hefker. Rob holds it's automatically hefker. As soon as somebody's, as soon as somebody's animal relieves itself, the owner doesn't need it. So it's considered hefker right away. It's considered ownerless right away. Hence, Rav will agree that if this goes and damages, it's going to be bar damage. It's called pit damage. Anything, anytime something was yours and is now ownerless, like I dig a pit in a public domain, it's not mine, but I'm responsible if somebody gets hurt, even though it's ownerless. So too, the, the excrement, which is ownerless, I'm going to be chayav uh, on in general, but putter on Kalim. Okay, that's the next halacha of rubber. Kalim, vessels, because it's bar damage. That's halacha number two. Vyama Rabba, halacha number three. Rabba teaches us as well. Somebody goes into somebody else's property without permission. And he damages the owner of the house. Gets damaged by tripping on him, right, passively. Um, he is responsible. Why? You had no right to be in my property. So you were hiding and crouching down, whatever it is. I trip over you because it's dark and I get hurt. You had no right to be there. You're chayev to pay. His zikoi balabayas, balabayas damages him. You come onto my property without permission and I hurt you. The halacha is putter. The owner of the, the owner of the land is putter. Amar Rafab, Rafab explains. This is true that if you hurt this guy who's trespassing on your property, uh, you don't, you're not responsible. That is only deloy yodabe. You didn't knowingly Heard uh, him. If you knew he was there, then his is If you damage him, you're chayev. My time. The owner of the land could say, "Nehi granted the la Granted, you have permission to kick me out of your property. You have no right to hurt me. You have no right to damage me. If I come onto your property, you have a right to just punch me in the nose. Where does that come from? You could slap me off your property. But what is punching me in the nose going to do? Okay. And Rava is consistent with his own reasoning that if, that if there's somebody trespassing on your property, you're allowed to do whatever it takes to get them off, but not actively hurt them. Because Rava says, Some say it was Rav Papa, top of Amad Beis, if two people are in a spot and they both have permission to be, the Rashi says, for example, it's a public property. Or you both don't have permission to be there. Okay? What does that mean? Interestingly, Rashi says, I would think to say a private property, right? Rashi says, no, you're both running wildly in a public domain. You're both doing the wrong thing. Okay? Rashi says, that's what it means. Shalai Bershus. Kigoyin Shneam Ratzim Bershus Ram. They're both running wildly in Rashus Rabim. So Allah is, Hezekah says, if they hurt each other, Chayavim, whatever, whatever damage you did, you need to pay for them. Um, if they were damaged through the other one, passively, Peturim. Because you had no right to be there. So if I didn't purposely hurt you, I'm not responsible. This is only because they either both had permission or didn't have permission. Whenever you have a situation where one person is there with permission and one person is there without permission, for example, I tell 
uh, I tell Steve his ox could be in my property, but I tell Yale that his that his ox cannot be in my property. The one who had permission to be there is Potter if if it did damage. The one who did damage didn't have permission. And this works very well with Rava. Beautiful. Okay. Next two dots. Back to our Mishnah. If somebody is in, if somebody's axe trespasses and falls into a pit, and inside the pit is water that I'm trying to save for Shabbat, Chayev, you are responsible for ruining my water. Now my water tastes like ox. And that's not the flavor of water that my family wants. But it's still parv. Still parv, that's true. Amar Rava. Rava says, try selling it in schnooks for $10 a bottle. You, you probably could get it. Probably could, never know. Ox water. Ox water. All right. Amar Rava says, Amar Rava says, this is when the ox ruined the water at the time that it fell in. What happened if it ruined it afterwards? So the ox falls in, and then right now, right away, the water wouldn't get ruined. But then afterwards, it relieved itself, it hung out in the water. So then, Potter, the one of the ox is Potter from the water, my time, oh, why? Have a sharp bar. Because the ox, get ready for this. Once it stays in the pit, the ox is now called a bar. It's now called. Uh, pit damage. Why? Rashi says incredible. Ready for this? Rashi says, um, uh, It's not like a bar which is passively damaging. Rashi says, if anything damages passively, it becomes bar. So now when the ox fell in and did the damage, it was an act of falling that damaged. But once it stayed there, and that's what caused the ruining of the water, so now it was a passive ruination from just being there, and now it takes on the characteristic of, of bar. And therefore what? Water is going to be called a vessel. And we said if it's bar, it's not responsible for damaging vessels. So the ox is now bar, the water is going to be like the vessel, and you're not responsible. Says the Gemara, what does that mean? Hold on. According to Shmuel, says anything that's there and is uh, an obstacle, a hurdle, going to ruin something, it's considered a bar, fine. I get this. That an ox has to be hefker, it cannot be a bar damaging if the ox is owned. Rather, the case has to be like this. The owner of the ox has to pay if it damaged the water with its body. Okay, what does that mean? The ox was dirty. The ox didn't uh, shower uh, beforehand, before going to the mikveh inside, uh, inside this bar. And, uh, and it damaged right away. So, Mamela, you're going to be chayev. But let's say the ox dirtied the water from the smell of the ox, not the mud or dirt that was on it. Potter, the owner's potter. My time, grama ba'amuhu, you're just a grama, grama ba'amu lemichayev. And when you cause damage, as opposed to directly damaging, lemichayev, you are not responsible, da'alacha by grama, by a causative, if that's how you pronounce it, damage is, you are potter bedine adam, v'chayev bedine shemayim, right? If you want to clear your, if you want to clear your financial responsibility in heaven, you should pay up. But a court down here, a Besden, cannot, uh, cannot uh, obligate 
somebody to pay just based upon a grumble. So if there's direct damage from the mud on the ox and dirt on the ox, the owner of the ox would pay for the water. However, if the ox dirties it just from its smell, it's not called the ox itself, it's called the grumma. It's just a causative uh, damage over here and the owner of the ox is going to be putter. Back to the Mishnah. What if the ox falls in? That was a case where it ruins the water. What happens if it falls on top of the, the homeowner's uh, father or son and kills them? The halacha is, then the owner of the ox has to pay kaifer. The same way when your ox damages, kills with karen, you have to pay kaifer, so to a very pay kaifer. What if the ox is a tam? We know that who pays kaifer? A muad ox. Over here, maybe it's a tam ox that fell into the pit. So why am I making a kofer payment? You're right, you wouldn't have to pay kaifer, but here we're dealing with a case where this ox has somehow developed a pattern of falling on top of people in manholes. says, so why, how's it alive? How's it alive? It's a muad for killing? We should, have, uh, we should have stoned it a long time ago. Yeah, how's it here? Yeah, okay. He says, the case is where the ox, uh, um, there was vegetables inside the pit as well for the ox to eat. So it was leaning over to get into the pit to get food and then it, uh, then it ate. Okay, so and then it and then, then it slipped in and killed him. I'm sorry, <coughs> it slipped into the pit and and killed him. We're speaking about paying kofar. Are we talking atonement damage? Yeah, atonement payment. Atonement payment. Correct. How much is that yeah. normally? Uh, we have a, we had a dispute whether you pay the value of the victim or the uh, or the damager. So whose fault? Oh, is that? so the the owner of the axe is still responsible. But the Gemara's question was, how's the axe alive? The answer is, remember, we learned you only stone the ox when it kills in a way where it's intentional. For example, we don't kill stadium oxes, right? An ox from an arena doesn't get killed. An ox that kills unintentionally was not stoned. That's what Rabbi Yosef is answering, that this ox is a muad to lean over into pits that have food and fall on people. It's happened three times, but we've never killed the ox because it's never been intentional, Okay. But the fourth time, it's now a muad for this to happen. The ox is still not chayav misa because it's unintentional. But it's the fourth time, so it's a muad. It's the fourth time where you have people in a pit and the ox leaned over to eat and it fell on it fell on top of the uh, the animals, the, on the people. Okay. It's a strange party. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, no no, no doubt about it. Okay. Um, fine. Shmuel <laughs> Amar. Shmuel says, "How money? Who's the author of the Mishnah? Basically, he the Amar Tam Mishalim Chatzik Kaifer. Basically, holds Tam pays half Kaifer, and therefore maybe the case is a Tam. And what does it mean Kaifer? It means you pay half Kaifer. So that's another possibility. Instead of coming up with this uh, strange case where this ox has uh, the fourth time where it's leaning over into a pit with vegetables and falling on people." Ulamar Ula says, "Rabbi Yisachli, the the Mishnah is Rabbi Yisachli, Damar of Tarfin." Reb Tarfin says, uh, uh, because he agrees with Reb Tarfin, and you don't even have to say that the case is where you pay half kaifer. The case could be where you're paying full kaifer, but we're of the opinion that a tam in a private domain that kills is still going to pay, uh, is still going to pay full kaifer. This makes sense according to Ula. 
That's why it says the guy's father or son was uh, was inside the pit. Why does it mean the father or son? Because they had rights to be there. You're assuming the guy let his family be there. And we're going to deal with full kaifer, Elishmo, but according to Shmuel, who says that we're dealing with a short tam, we're dealing with a tam ox, and you're paying half kaifer, my area of Why does it say, and the owner's father or son was in the pit? Who cares? Afilu Akhanami. It could be the guy's cousin. It could be the it could be the guy's worker. Why are you saying father or brother? Orche de Milse Katani says the Gemara. This is Orche de Milse. What does that mean? Orche de Milse. Normal. Normal. The Gemara is teaching us what's normal. It's normal for people to be together with family. That's what's normal. And keep him in the pit. Huh? Keep him. Yosef at Tzadik. Getting ready. Getting ready for a, no, they're, they're, what, uh, they're down there working, but it's his property. It's normal for people on the property to, to, be, uh, to be family. So we're just giving an example, but in a Hanami, it's true that the same halacha would apply if it was, uh, if it was somebody else. Okay. Vimhichnis, back to the mission. Vimhichnis Bershus. If it was somebody else. You'd be also, same halacha. Would apply. Yeah, same halacha. We're just saying it's normal. So the Gemara had asked, so why'd you say his father or son? Yeah. Just say it. Somebody's in the pit. Yeah. So Gemara says, it's, the, the Gemara's teaching us normal. Not everybody thinks that that's normal. Nobody thinks that that's normal. Okay. A lot to say about this. Okay. V'mhichnes bershos bal If... The, the guy brought his uh, ox into the courtyard with permission, and it was damaged. So we said the owner of the land has to pay for the ox. You gave the ox permission to be there, and it got hurt. So you're responsible. Okay. Itmar, we learned. Rav Omar Rav says, We follow the Tanakama. That, if I bring my, if you bring your ox into my domain and it gets hurt, I need to pay. That's the halacha of the Tanakama. Shmuel Amar Hilchusuk Rebbe. Shmuel says, no. Shmuel says, I do not need to pay. Why? Shmuel says like Rebbe. What did Rebbe say to our Mishnah? That if you bring your ox into my domain and it gets hurt, I don't need to pay you. Because I didn't accept responsibility to watch your ox. I accepted responsibility to allow your ox to be there. But if your ox gets hurt, that's your problem, not my problem. Okay? So that's the Machlikas. Toner Rabbonon, the rabbis learn socially. Kanais Sharcha Vishamre. If I tell you, bring your ox into my domain, bring it here, I'll watch it, don't worry about it. Hizik, chayef. If the ox gets damaged, the owner is chayef. Huzak, if the ox got damaged without any passively, it's then potter. The owner of the field is potter. What if I say, bring your ox in, and I will be shimerit, I will watch it. Huzak, chayef. If it gets damaged passively, you're responsible. Hizik, if the ox did damage, Potter. The ox is potter. Why? Because you accepted full responsibility. So uh, you bring your ox, and I'm like, hey, I'll accept the Christ. If your ox damages my stuff, do you need to pay? No, because I said I'll make sure it doesn't damage. So that means you, your own stuff got damaged. I'm, don't tell me to pay. I don't got to pay. Right? Makes sense. Okay. Says the Gemara, one second. Ha, gufa, kasha. I don't understand what's happening, says the Gemara. I'm recognizing. We said at first, if I say bring your ox in, I'll watch it. Hizik, if the ox damaged. Chayev, your chayev. Huzak, if it got damaged. Potter, time of Shomer. The reason why this is Allah, because the, the, the guy said to, uh, that you can come on in, but you watch your ox. 
You guard your ox. That's why the Balashar is Potter. But in a case where I gave you permission, but I didn't mention anything about watching, so then, the owner of the Chatzar is going to be Chayev. And, and the Balashar, the owner of the ox, is going to be the Bestama, because the Stama, the, the assumption is, the basic assumption is, that he did accept Shmira, he did accept uh, the responsibility to watch uh, upon himself. But now here's the problem. Ema Seifa. Say the Seifa. Say the end of the Brysa. The Brysa says, Kenois Sharcha, if I say, you bring your oxen, and I will take full Achrayas to guard it. Who? The owner of the field. Huzak, if the axe was damaged, Chayev. I, the owner of the field, have to pay if your axe got damaged because I said, I'll watch it. Hizik, if it damaged, Potter. That makes sense too. Now here's the problem. The problem is by what's not said. It says, if I damage you or your ox gets damaged, I need to pay. If your ox damaged me, you don't need to pay because I gave you permission to be here and I accept to watch it. Now here's the problem. What happens, Stoma? What happens if I didn't say anything specific? The reason why the homeowner is obligated to pay if your ox gets damaged is because I said, I'll watch it. That's why who the mechayev balachatzer, the chatzer is chayev upater balashar hastama. But in a case where nothing was specified, which means like this, I tell Yale bring your ox into my field, and that's it. I didn't talk about watching. You want to come in? Come in. That's all I said. So then, what happens? Chayev balashar. It seems the if the ox damages, the owner of the ox will be chayev upater balachatzer, and if it gets damaged. The owner of the field is Potter, because I never accepted Shmira. I never accepted guardianship. The Bistama let me come with you is it because the assumption is that unless I told you specifically, I don't automatically accept to watch it. That is Asan the Rebbe. That's following the opinion of Rebbe. The Omar Rebbe holds, Rebbe holds that unless I tell you I will watch your ox, I have not accepted Shmira upon myself. Which means, and this is where the Gemara wraps up its question, its question or its point, Reisha Rabbanon, which means the beginning of our Mishnah, beginning of the Brisa, I'm sorry, is going to be following the opinion of the Rabbanon who says there is automatic Shmira. And the Seifa song, the opinion of Rebbe, who says there's not automatic Shmira. Amr Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Lazar says, Tavra, yeah, Misha Shanazu, Leishanazu. Yeah, that really. Uh, it, it's, uh, it's two different opinions. Okay, two different opinions. Um, now, either it could be, here's the two opinions, get ready. Either it could be one is the Rabbanan and one's Rabbi, or you could say there's two opinions in Rabbi Shita. There's two different opinions about Rabbi. Rav Amar, Rav gives another approach, and he says, Kula Rabbanan, the entire Brisa really is the Rabbanan. Now let's remind ourselves, what's the opinion of the Tanakhama? What's the opinion of the Rabbanan? If I give you permission to come in, I'm not accepting to go to watch. I'm just saying you could be here. Okay? I did the Nasev Reisha Shomri. Since in the beginning of the Brisa, we mentioned the, that the owner of the Chatzar said, I will guard your axe. So you mentioned that as well in the, in the Seifa. But really, the halacha would be that the responsibility, the Achrayis, is on the homeowner either way. In other words, our whole problem is Hastama. Right? Since we've mentioned the specific case, we said, the diuk is 
if it wouldn't be that specific case, it would be a different halacha. You want to say, don't make that diak. Because the only reason why I'm saying that in the seifa, the only reason why I specified in the seifa, is to keep it consistent. But it's, you sh- we're not here to make a diak. Rav Papa, Rav Papa says, Kula Rebbe, the entire b'risa could be Rebbe. B'savalak Rav Tarfin, Tamar Karim B'chatsar Anizik, Nezik Shalim Mishalim. He holds Karim B'chatsar Anizik. When an ox damages in a private domain, you pay Nezik Shalim. So what? So it means like this. I allowed your ox to come into my field. Now, Hilkach, therefore, what happened is, Amar Amarlay, if the homeowner said to the ox owner, Shamrai, you watch your ox. Come on in. But you watch your ox. So what I'm by saying that, I'm not giving you any rights to my chatzar. I'm not giving you any, this is not your place. You're here as my guest. Keep your fang- fingerprints off the wall. Okay? And therefore, So if the ox damages the homeowner's property, the owner of the ox will certainly be responsible. He's certainly rechayev. Because you're damaging me in my property. The Karen Bachatsar Nizik Mashaam Nazik Shalom. Allah is Karen in a private domain pays Nazik Shalom. But Layamar Lay, but if the owner of the land did not say Shamrai, you watch your ox. Let's see, I didn't say, come in, but you watch your ox. I didn't say that specifically. So then, Iknuye Akne Makam Bachatsar. What I'm saying is, you have rights to walk around my Chatsar. You have rights to be in various places. And therefore, this land now, while you're here, wherever your ox goes, it's as if I have rights to be there, I the homeowner, and you the ox owner. We're now partners in any land that you go to. Okay? The Karen Bechatzar Ashutfin and Karen damage in a Shutfin property, only pays half damages. When the Bryce says you're potter, what does it mean? It means putter from full damages. But you're still going to be responsible in the half damage of Karen. Okay, incredible. Again, the whole purpose of, of this explanation is to uh, teach us the, uh, the various specificities that need to be made when you, um, when you enter somebody else's land and what the natural assumption is if I give you rights, uh, if I give you rights to be there. So according to Rava, there's, uh, if, I, if I give you rights to be on my property, you also have rights in the space that you're in, in those spots. We're called partners. Okay. Here we go. Let's turn the Mishnah and then we'll hold it here. Says the Mishnah. We're familiar with this halacha. If an ox wants to gore another ox and then a woman, a pregnant woman steps in the way and the ox gores her and causes a mis- miscarriage, v'yasu yiladeha, the baby comes out, Potter the owner of the ox does not need to pay for the value of the children because your ox wanted to gore another ox and this woman stepped in the way. That's not your responsibility. But, but if let's say you have two men fighting and they're out to zets each other, mamish, they're going after one another. And a pregnant woman steps in the way and you cause a miscarriage. Even though you intended to hit the other guy with an uppercut and not hurt, you still have to pay for the miscarriage. How do you evaluate the, the child, the payment? 
Shaman esha isha kamehi afa atshla yoda. You evaluate the value of a woman, what what her value would be as a ama, as a servant that's pregnant. The kamehi afa misha yoda, and and um, and how much her value is after miscarrying, which the assumption over here is that a pregnant woman is going to get a lot more money than a woman who just miscarried for one reason specifically. That is, you purchase a pregnant woman, you end up with two people shortly. Over here, not only does she not have a child, she also has bodily damage, and she has recuperation and, and all that. So you're going to pay the difference in, uh, in, in, uh, on the market, we'll call it. Now, vada, 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 not, nobody should ever make, make the mistake that we're putting value on a person. No person is valueless, every person is priceless. We're not dealing with that. What we're dealing with is in the world of Gashmias, in a world of finances. So what was her body worth financially? What would a person be willing to pay? And what would a person be willing to pay now? Financially. Okay? Because we're, de- we're not dealing with his, <coughs> his uh, you know, his, uh, the kapara that he needs, so to speak. We're not dealing with Yom Kippur. We're dealing with financial. Amr of Shemim Gamliel. Gamliel says, top of tomorrow's daf. Im kain, this you should know that it comes out that when a woman gives birth, she actually goes up in value. Now, <coughs> Rashi says, Mefarish <laughs> B'Gemara. The Gemara has to explain what Rosh Hashanah wants to add on over here. What's he saying? We don't know. But he's arguing, somehow. And he says like this, <laughs> He says, you don't evaluate the difference between a pregnant woman and a woman who miscarried. That's not how you evaluate payment. You know what you, you evaluate payment of, says Rishingabil? You evaluate how much this baby would have been worth financially after it was born. And now that it's no longer here, you have to pay that specifically. What, what do people pay for day-old babies? And you, you uh, and that's the financial package that we respond that, that uh, we make you responsible for. The nicein lebal, the payment is made to the father of the child. Vimein lebal, let's say there is no father of the child, nicein the arshav, so it goes to the family of the deceased father. Haisa shivcha v'nishtachra, let's say she was a shivcha kananis who had been freed, so she conceived from a non-Jewish guy. Right? Let's say an Eber Kanani. And now she's free. So she's a fully Jewish woman now. Now that she's free, but the father's an Eber Kanani, a Giyaris, or she, or, uh, she uh, converted to Judaism. Either way, we're just creating more cases where there's nobody to inherit from the father. The halacha is pater. Then the, the one who damaged, the, the one who killed the baby, has nobody to pay money to. And therefore, there's no money that's paid. They're off the hook. There's no money, uh, no money that's paid in, uh, in that situation. Okay, fascinating mission. Really going to lead us on to uh, another sugi over here. We're going to hold it here for today. Best tomorrow, we'll repeat. We'll go back, not repeat. You never repeat anything. We're going to learn the mission again. Learn the mission a little deeper. Right. Hashem, and we'll pick up on the bottom, four lines to the bottom of Memches, on the base tomorrow evening, hopefully from Yerushalayim. Have a beautiful, beautiful evening.